You're listening to a special edition of the Erotic Awakening Podcast. Don't do the intro as well. You do it very well, though. Do I? Well, not really, because we've already started. (laughs) So here we are still sitting at the (laughs) Southwest Love Fest, having a fantastic time. Dawn, you have been trying to get Jessica Fern to sit on the podcast with us all weekend long, and actually more than just this weekend. If I remember correctly, you invited her out to Beyond the Love so you could talk to her, and you never had the chance. Oh, that's true. So oh, we did yeah. have you out at Beyond the Love. So in November. Right. So, mm-hmm. And actually, you've done a, a workshop that I've tried to sit in on three times now. And so I'll have to follow you around until I, I get that. But you did a keynote at um, the Poly Living in Philadelphia mm-hmm. that really just... I don't know. It, it didn't... I was going to say it tripped my trigger, but that's not it. it it's just really, really... It was empowering. I really liked it. And I really wanted to share it with people on the podcast. So I've been trying to track you down and see if we can set up a time to do this. And um, it it all has to do with that meme that says you have to love yourself before you can love someone else. And I always take offense to that because I don't feel like that's true. And then you have this keynote that agrees with me. So I've been validated. So <laughs> yes. it's like all exciting. So tell us what the keynote was about. Yeah, so the keynote was titled Love is Not Binary. Mm-hmm. And I kind of name how in the non-monogamy world, we enter into this world because we're like, yes, love is infinite. And love is not a limited resource that can get stuffed into a box with the prescriptions of who I'm supposed to love, how I'm supposed to love, the escalator I'm supposed to ride. But I still hear this love being limited by this idea that you can't really love another until you love yourself first. Right. And that seems a little frustrating. Like I just shared a little bit ago. It's like, I did not love myself when I had my kids. Right. I've got past baggage. Did not love myself. Had my kids. Loved my kids totally. Right. right? Come across Dan. Still not loving myself. Right. I've got a lot of healing to do. Totally loved Dan. So how can that mean... Right. Be so, right. Exactly. And so I, I give three points of why I take beef with this meme. And that's the second one is it's really dismissive because many of us who would admit, yeah, I haven't been doing self-love very well or at all. But then by the logic of this meme, that would then mean you've never actually loved anyone else before. Mm-hmm. And I don't buy it because many of us who don't do a great job with self-love, have totally devoted ourselves to our children, to a relationship, to a cause, to a pet, Mm -hmm. right? And so it's kind of like, how dare we dismiss or minimize these genuine acts of love and say those weren't real because you weren't loving yourself first? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, totally agree with that. So, you know, I just love what you had to say. There's many people out there that feel like, they can't have loved somebody else yeah. or there's no reason to love somebody else because they haven't learned how to love themselves yet. Yeah, exactly. So, so and it, that's sad. Right. But is it developing happy love or healthy love? Yes. Right? Got to start somewhere. And unless, it, is there no truth to the idea that if I can't look in the mirror and say, I love that guy looking back at me, that there's still work to do, that the type of love I'm showing for other people may have some limits or may be modified by what I perceive as love? I agree with that. I would say that it's not that there isn't still work to do, but it wouldn't mean that because you haven't looked in the mirror and loved that guy that you've never loved Don yet, Mm -hmm. right? But I totally agree that because what's happening is there's still a restriction on love. And in this case, you're talking about the self-love. 
And so when we open that up, there is more love available, not just for self, but then for other. Yeah. But developmentally, which is my first point, is it's not how it works. Like we don't come out as infants knowing how to do love for ourselves. Rather, it's through the experience of being attuned to and being loved that we learn how to soothe ourselves, that we learn how to self-regulate because we've been soothed by somebody else. So it is first in childhood we have to be loved in order to learn to love. And the foundation comes from the sense of I've been loved and so I have value and worth. See, I yeah. like that. We have to experience love yeah. before we even know what love is. Right. And, so, and yeah. many of us, though, haven't experienced that kind of love. And then I think what happens is you hear this phrase in adulthood, just start self-loving, and you're like, wait, where's that switch? Like, I can't just turn it on. I don't have sudden access to this. Right. And so in that case, it is usually through our adult relationships that, or even a relationship with a therapist or friends and family that we learn, I am valuable, I am worthy, and now I can start loving in a different way. Yeah. So yeah. I know so me it's... and uh, me and the boyfriend had a, a slight argument with this because I was like, "Yes, this keynote, I love <laughs> it. I got to talk to to Jessica," and um, he's like, "But can't you love more once you learn how to love yourself?" I agree. And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. absolutely." But it doesn't mean you can't love at all. Exactly. Okay. And I, I th- thought that was well put. Please, please go yeah. on. Yeah, and I think that's what the meme does: is it shames people into thinking mm-hmm. that they've been deficient and flawed in the way that they've been loving. And that's not helping anyone love more. Yeah, <laughs> totally agree. Yeah. So let me let me twist it a little bit. How do you feel about the the sentiments by the philosopher DJ Food, who says, "How can anyone love me?" Come on, people, get, get with the two thousands. Yeah. Catch up. Uh, how can anyone love me until, or no? How can anyone know me until I know myself? That's a different. Keynote. <laughs> All together. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about self-knowledge. And there's, it's both in that case, right? Because if there's things I'm not admitting in myself or knowing about myself, there's only so much my partners or the people in my life can know me, right? And yet there's moments with my son where, as a four-year-old, there's only a certain cognitive capacity that he has to know himself, and there's moments that even though I always give him the power to define what his experience is, I can still see beyond, oh, you're tired, that's why you're melting down. Right. Right. (laughs) It's not just the toy or whatever it is that he would say. Right, so it's both. Um, But I think that hits in on the third point where I talk about that this idea that we have to love other, ourselves first before we love others, part of the reason I don't like it is because it puts love into the binary. It puts it into this equation and formula of like first this, then that, which can create this real competitiveness of like, well, it's my needs versus your needs, or it's either mm. love for me or it's love for you. So this either or mm-hmm. is the binary. and. On a larger scale, like either or thinking, um, it can be neutral when we're just trying to like understand or label for prediction and understanding, but most of the time either or thinking is divisive, where you're either gay or you're straight, you're black, you're white, you're monogamous, you're poly, you're right, you're wrong, and really if we look on a larger scale, it's either or thinking that has justified oppression and war. So like 
let's be careful at this mm-hmm. subtle level that we're doing this either or thinking, you know, because I think that any potential violence of a binary sort of loses its power when we're connected to a larger source of love that transcends the binary. So when we're really connected to love, there's no distinction of, well, here's some love for me versus some love for you. It's just available and emanating and accessible to whatever, whoever's needed. So love to me is not either or, but it's both and. Oh, absolutely. Right. So. And so that both and can be love is both a feeling and it's a way of being. Like mm-hmm. love is both a noun and it's a verb. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an action. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's both a choice. I step into love and it's also sometimes totally choiceless. I just completely fall into it, <laughs> you know. Or I think love is this infinite source that cannot be depleted and then yet love is also something that can start small and like be cultivated and grown Mm -hmm. as you know with buddhist practice Mm -hmm. right yeah so really embracing this both and and being careful about you know the either orness that comes up in a meme like this right yeah so people i just find it yeah, challenging to my, my thoughts, so yeah. the whole binary thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I take it personally. I should not. That's one of our rules. Don't take things personally. Yes. So. Right, and cool. I think in the non-monogamy world, we're so good at um, looking at or challenging the binaries and seeing that the human experience is not a binary. It's actually rich and nuanced and complex. And so I think with this, I'm just wanting to bring that awareness to also the ways we talk about love. Well, I think a lot of our listeners will like hearing about that, too, because I'm sure they're self-judging when they read stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, how, unless you have another question. I have a last question. Okay, you always have a last question, so go ahead. Uh, so one last question for you, if you don't mind. Not at all. It's a very personal question. Yes. Do you love yourself? I do. <laughs> Deeply and without reservation? You didn't, you didn't pause in your response whatsoever. Yeah, but it's been an effort. Yeah. You know, there's definitely... Um, traumas and shame and things I've had to work through that I didn't fully love myself and loving myself doesn't mean that I always like everything about Mm. myself or you know it's not about perfection Um, it's actually in the light of imperfection and not always Mm. liking myself that I can still you know move back and hold myself in a larger love Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate that our listeners don't have the opportunity to listen to the keynote because Polly living Philadelphia's already happened. <laughs> it's true. I did right. record this. <laughs> Wait, we're, we're letting you pitch oh, the okay. other one. Don't, okay. Don't worry about the recording right now. <laughs> but apparently, you're going to be presenting this again. Yes. So this will be in Rocky Mountain Poly Living, uh, in Denver, which is April, starting April twelfth. Friday, Very April cool. 12th, that weekend. Yes. Very cool. Jessica, it's been a pleasure to talk to you today. I appreciate um, you not reporting Dawn as a stalker, as she's chased you around with a <laughs> microphone. She's been Great wonderful. Okay. And we look forward to hearing more from you and to, hear, and to seeing you at the Rocky Mountain Living in, Phil- in Denver. Denver. Thank you very much. Thank you all.